Hello and welcome to the Talking Techniques podcast, brought to you by Biotechniques. This show brings you the latest from the frontiers of the life sciences, straight from the people exploring them. I'm your host, Biotechniques Digital Editor, Annie Colson, and in this episode, we'll be discussing the use of single-cell sequencing with long nanopore reads to help solve the complexity of cancer. My guest today is Rachel Tyson, an Assistant Professor at Amsterdam UMC. Rachel, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you. So to start us off, could you please tell us a little bit about what you do and the focus of your research? Yeah, so I'm focusing mostly on the blood cancer leukemia. So leukemia is a disease that arises from blood cells and um, often patients are treated with, for this disease and you have good therapies. But what the bad thing is with these blood cancers or leukemias is that even though most patients respond to therapy, that the disease is coming back. And I'm really looking at those cells. So why are patients responding in the first place? But then also why is the disease coming back and not responding to therapy anymore? So that's what I'm focusing mostly. We now know that blood cancers are very heterogeneous diseases. So just by applying bulk sequencing, we can't answer the simple questions of why is a cell resistant. So we really have to apply single cell technologies to delve further into the resistant mechanisms within these cells. So you touched on it then, but why perform single cell sequencing in leukemia research? What insights does it provide? So we actually know that often these blood cancers, leukemias are very heterogeneous. If we look at mutation status, Often the VAF, so the variant allele frequency, is not even 100%. So if you look at common genes that are mutated, like, like TP53, sometimes it only is in 30% of cells. So we already know it's a heterogeneous disease. So we, that's why we need to apply single cell technologies, because you can't just say, hey, we have now this mutation in a subset of clones, and we want to now look what's happening in these clones. So we really have to look at single cell technologies to pick these cells out and to see what's happening in these cells and why they are different from the other cells. And going into the specifics a bit more, could you tell us a bit about isoform usage, splice variants and mutations in leukemia and why it's important to understand them? Yeah, so I think nowadays a lot of researchers are applying uh, single-cell RNA-seq, so we're looking then at short read sequencing. And this is good, so you can look at different clones and why transcriptome profile is different but actually you're losing a lot of information. And I was talking about mutations. We actually don't know in which cells that the mutation is occurring. And also we know with cancer, often they have different transcripts. So we have different transcripts of certain genes that could really regulate in different protein expression. But by applying this short read single cell sequencing, we would lose all of that information. So we need to know which isoforms are expressed, which mutations these cells have, to really then say more about the heterogeneous disease and not only looking at short-read transcriptome expression. Could you tell us about your single-cell rapid capture hybridization sequencing method, shortened to RACHSEQ? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so normally what we would do is apply uh, single-cell sequencing and then you have your cDNA libraries and what you do in the standard library prep is you fragment these cDNAs and then perform short-read sequencing on that. But now we want to also apply long-read sequencing and especially nanopore sequencing on these uh, libraries. You can actually do it in two ways. You can just apply it and do a whole transcriptome. So you have your cDNA stored in the phrase already that was probably indexed by the 10x barcodes. 
or other methods that could index it and you have your specific human reads to it. But what you will do if you do whole transcriptome profiling and you would run it on an Enapore flow cell, a Promethean flow cell, you need a lot of information to really say something about these single cells. And often you want to capture 10,000 single cells. So instead of doing whole transcriptome, what I uh, developed a method called rapid capture hybridization or short single cell rage seek is that we're looking at genes of interest. And often, especially with like leukemia or other cancers, you already know which genes you want to target. You already know which genes are mutated or which genes could be expressed in a different transcript isoform. So what we did is we developed a method that uh, target these genes with probes that are biotinylated. And then what you can then do is uh, pull down these genes of interest with structure and beats and then further amplify it. And then you can pull all these samples together. So you can do multiple samples on a Promethean flow cell, or you can run it on a graded ion or others. So what the nice thing is, is that you will look at genes of interest in a single cell matter. And so, yeah, you touched upon it then, but how has nanopore sequencing helped with the RageSeq technique? So the nice thing is that in collaboration with Nanopore, we actually came with a click method. So what we do is after you have your 10x uh, libraries, your cDNA, you will amplify it. Then you do your pull down and then you amplify it again. But this time with amplification, we have primers with a specific ONT, Oxford Nanopore technology overhang. So what you then do in the end is you have just have the click adapters for Nanopore. So you can also just click on the indexes so you can then pull multiple samples together. And that's the nice thing with Nanopore. So you have then just your amplified cDNA with a specific Nanopore overhang, and then you can click on these indexes, you can pull them together and straight on sequence it and run it on a flow cell and sequence it. And then you have just the long rates for your whole sample. So how could other researchers apply RageSeq to their work? So I think the nice thing with this method is that you can already apply it to libraries that you already made. So if you already performed 10x or DropSeq and you have your cDNA stored, and often with 10x, you only use 30 microliters of that whole cDNA. So you have 70 microliters left in the freezer. You can actually go into it and apply this method. And because you're only looking at certain genes, it is not as expensive. You just have to do the pull down. So what you can do is design a pro panel of your genes of interest, apply this method, the RageSeq method, and then sequence it straight on menopause. And what you then get is not from those genes, you will get the full length transcripts. So you would get the isoform of that transcript, but also if it has a mutation or not. So for instance, what I do with leukemia is I apply 10x genomics, I have the short read libraries, and then I'm looking at genes of interest. So I'm looking maybe at 30 genes, looking at mutations. And now I can say, Hey, I have these clusters of cells based on RNA-seq. Can I now overlay mutation of these specific cells and see, for instance, if cells with a mutation have a different transcriptome profile than cells that don't have the mutation? So looking more to the future, how do you intend to use the technique in future studies? I'm actually using it in every study I'm doing it. So <laughs> when I'm doing single cell, I think it's really important that we have the cytogenetics of the cell. And I think, especially with cancers, we know that mutations are really driving different transcriptome profiles and also maybe signaling. So we really need to overlay that extra bit of information like the genomics of that. So is now 
a mutation causing a different expression in these cells. And that's what we're doing at the moment. And finally, what do you hope for the future of your research? So what, what is the end goal? So I just hope that a lot of researchers can use this method to apply it to their research so they can actually look at isoform usage or mutation calling and get this extra bit of information. And it doesn't have to be just on single cell suspension, but maybe we're also going to see it in more spatial uh, transcriptomics and stuff as well. So we can actually look now what's driving these specific subgroups of cells. And is that just in cancer? No, I think actually I already have collaborators that are working in multiple sclerosis, MS and other diseases where I think isoform usage is really important. But I think like, of course, cancer mutations is important, but I think also in autoimmunity and others, isoform usage is really important. And I think it could even lead to hopefully maybe better therapies for certain diseases where we don't know yet it is needed. But if we now know that specific diseases have a specific isoform usage, maybe we can target that in a way. So that's all my questions for today. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast, Rachel. If you would like to find out more about using nanopore sequencing in single cell analyses, check out our InFocus with Oxford Nanopore over on www.biotechniques.com. Thank you for listening and goodbye.